The Big 12 Game of the Year and Trap Games edition of the College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is brought to you by Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome, everybody, back to the Big 12 College Experience, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Our preseason episodes are continuing on, and we got games of the year and trap games. This is for the Big 12 games only. Go check out our non-conference games of the year from uh, on Friday last week where we broke down all 14 teams, their best games of the non-conference in the month of September. But today we got you covered for the 14, all 14 teams and their games of the year and trap games because we know there's plenty of trap games in this evenly distributed Big 12 league. But if you're wondering who you're listening to, I am Moneyline Mac, one of the co-hosts, a.k.a. the former, former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin. And I am joined each and every episode by my co-host leading it off. He was born in Provo, Utah. He's got family in Ames, Iowa. He lives in Morgantown, West Virginia now, and he went to West Virginia University. Rambling Rush, Mr. Contradiction. How's it going, brother? Doing great. E- excited to uh, break down these conference games. Hey, I'll tell you what is uh, excited for BYU, Iowa State, and West Virginia to all play each other. Little little personal uh, family bets on the line already, so it's going to be a fun season. Yes, it will be. And batting in the three-hole he is always fighting a family civil war. It's got family ties and has a seed spread all through the nation in the Big 12. He's got ties in what? Texas, Oklahoma, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, and soon to be West Virginia. He is the Big 12 guru. Troy Chinning, what's up, man? How about those Nats, baby? We got our first sweep in like two years. <laughs> we we did it. You know why? It's no coincidence that ever since Davey Martinez subscribed to the Big 12 uh, college <laughs> experience that the Nats, I think, are rolling. What? They've won 7 out of 10. So shout out to Davey Martinez. And hopefully uh, Mike Gundy did the same on Friday. So go check out that episode. Yeah, we might we might have to edit that. Uh, that might be a clean, uh, clean sweep on the over bets now for Oklahoma State, knowing that he's a subscriber. A subscriber. He's a subscribe to the Big 12 College Experience and OAN. So shout out to our guy, Mike Gundy. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, uh, I don't know if there's any ex- really new. I, I don't even know how to describe expansion news anymore because you don't know what's actually real and what's fake news. Anything from potentially Colorado and UConn, you guys are here and I'll lead it off with you, Rambling Rush. Well, it just sounds like it's an inevitability and they're just kind of confirming everything from this point, I guess, technically and in life, but especially in sports with these large contracts, nothing's official till there's actually a signature on those papers. But Hey, it's, it's, I I don't know what the odds are in Vegas, but my guess, I wouldn't even be surprised if Vegas have taken them off the books saying uh, that UConn and Colorado are going to join the big 12. I guess the question is when, Um, and then I guess the other question is, especially from the PAC 12 side of things, 
Uh, is Colorado being the first domino? What dominoes fall next? So it's interesting, man. Troy, how about you? You heard anything on the expansion front? Uh, Pac-12 media days were a joke, by the way. The, co- yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the commissioner, I can't pronounce his last name, George uh cough or whatever the hell his name is saying yeah we you know the longer we wait the more beneficial it is for us like nobody fucking believes that so what were you saying troy that seems like the opposite approach of what people should be doing (laughs) like they're just gonna sit there and let everyone get poached away and then you know that could be our end to the pac-12 though if they have to pick up the whole like mountain west leftovers and then we've got our you know number one insider colby dant out there asking questions we could have our pac-12 guy well, it, for the questions that were asked, they, <laughs> they asked him, well, why won't you give us an update on it, on uh, on the TV deal? And he goes, we're not taking away from football today. So him not answering the question created a distraction indirectly. And it's just the latest chapter on why the Pac-12 is a joke. Any league that uh, wanted to cancel football deserves to uh, fold in, in – go into the dust go ahead Roger. yeah that that's that's exactly what i was about to say the pac-12 is getting what they deserve because the big 10 was part of this at first but then you had justin fields and some of the players so pack i mean excuse me big 10 kind of corrected itself pac-12 on the other hand they didn't even want a football season so good see you later good riddance and i think we need to we don't need to worry about the commissioner's last name anymore ryan let's just call him king george and call around yeah. and see how many schools send their declaration of independence to him because it's coming <laughs> what are you saying troy didn't they uh, uh, they expanded on him not talking about the TV deal and they uh, somebody asked him, does that mean that you've already gotten one through or like yes. the announcement's going to come out at a later time? And then he said, I think you're reading into that too much. It, it, that was his exact quote. And then he goes, I don't want to take away from football, but it's like, hey, jackass, you just took away from football by not answering the question. If you said we don't have anything done yet. People probably would have. Well, they would have just laughed at you, but at least they wouldn't keep asking questions. But. That's the Pac-12 in a nutshell, and yeah, this is payback from 2020 when they wanted to cancel the season. Them and Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, we could talk about him a different day. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Big Ten Commissioner, hey, we got this TV agreement, and then uh, nobody's going to sign it. I'm just going to bolt for the NFL. So that's uh, Kevin Warren in a nutshell. But before we get into all 14 teams with the games of the year and trap games, we are brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGP uh, Patreon. Tons of exclusive content, contents, and merch just for our patrons, plus a monthly SGPN stories podcast and ad-free, uncensored show highlights of the best stories from decades of Bing DGens. There's even a Discord channel for all our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. That is the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Ryan, I have a great idea with our Patreon is if when we give out winning picks and people yeah. win, just give us a little off the top, throw a little in that Patreon account. And But if we lose you one, we're not accepting any Venmo requests. So it's, it's only one-sided <laughs> in this. <laughs> it's rigged. And yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be afraid to buy us a couple cold beers. Just get in our Patreon. So... Um, I will lead it off here and Troy, you're going to be on the clock because we got your Baylor bears. Give us your game of the year and trap game for the Sikkim guys in, uh, 2023. Well, we talked about Utah kind of being, uh, uh, 
I would consider it the game of the year, even though it was the non-conference. We were talking about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're just going to assume that they have found a way to beat Utah at this point in time in the schedule. I am going to say that them going down to the bounce house against UCF, uh, uh, that's going to be uh, – it might be a trap game and game of the year simultaneously, but I don't know how much of a trap it is. I think knowing that that's their first home Big 12 game going on in Orlando – Baylor's going to look at this as more of a real test. And I see that being their game of the year. Their trap game is going to be going into Cincinnati after getting through UCF and then playing Texas Tech at home. After those two, I think Cincinnati might be uh, in a letdown spot there where, you know, they go on the road. It's, It's kind of near the end of... October, so there's a chance that it could be a little cool. Uh, just you know, the letdown spot having two. I mean, they go Texas, UCF, Texas Tech, and they follow that up at Cincinnati, who everyone is thinking is not going to be as great as they have been in the past. I could see that Cincinnati team tripping them up. Russ, you got any thoughts on on the Baylor Bears schedule in 2023? I I like the UCF game of the year slash trap game because. They're coming off that Texas game, and I think we both have hinted, all three of us have hinted that we like Baylor in that last trip ever to Waco. Boats are going to be sailing right into that uh, into that McLean Stadium on that Saturday afternoon. Rush, what are your thoughts? I agree. I, I can make an argument that the Texas game may actually be the game of the year, and I think you're going to see that across the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, that a lot of teams are going to get up for those games. And then, but you guys hit the nail on the head at a minimum that UCF game's a trap game because they're going to get up for Texas and then, you know, Texas tech, any in-state rivalry games, of course, you're going to get up there. So I I definitely agree that UCF is, is that trap, especially the first time in the bounce house. And Troy, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Baylor, Texas tech, that's the butt bowl between. Yeah. So I like the angle too, where Baylor's going to come off the buy after Texas Tech, and then they got to make a long trip to Cincinnati as a trap game. So, yeah, tricky spot there, even though Cincinnati's down, but that's definitely a trap game coming off the bye week. Moving along to the next team, we got the BYU Cougars Mm. at a Provo. Rambling Rush, you were on the clock. The good gospel of BYU football. So I'm going a little contrarian here. First, I'm actually going to start off with the game of the year because I think this will make more sense for setting up the scene for the trap game. The game of the year is going to be Oklahoma when Oklahoma goes to Provo. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's the only time these guys are going to play in conference. BYU is actually 2-0 and all time against Oklahoma. Last time, it's when they beat Sam Bradford in Cowboys Stadium, the first game to open it up because obviously they start before the NFL season. So they've, they've had that marked down on their calendar for a while. A lot of people think the game, the, the, the week before, Iowa State is actually going to be the trap game because it's senior night for Oklahoma. They're going to be looking ahead. I'm here to say that's incorrect because the following week too, Iowa State's going to have Texas at home. And we'll get to Iowa State in a second. But both those kind of maybe in those technical look-ahead spots. It's not like that typical one team's in look-ahead mode, one team's not. I'll also say this about Iowa State going to Provo. Is back when BYU tried to join the Big 12, I think 2015, 16, 17, around that time. The Iowa State Student Government Association, we'll just say cultural differences, did not want BYU joining. And that's why they didn't join back then. So BYU, there is a revenge angle to this. So here's what I'm going to say. And I I did the BYU preview with Colby is I think the trap game 
for uh, BYU is going to be that Texas Tech game because you're coming off at being at Fort Worth TCU. We, we, we struggle with TCU, especially that old Mountain West. And they're going to be looking ahead to going to Texas and playing their old quarterback, Steve Sarkeesian, in Austin because they're going to want to win that game like everyone else, but especially when the old uh, alcoholic Mormon is the coach on the other side who used to be your quarterback. You're going to want to win there. I've had this feeling about the Texas Tech game. I said it on the preview. That's going to be a game where BYU is going to lead every stat except the final score at the end. So that, that is my trap game, Texas Tech for BYU. Is is there an argument to be made that Saturday, November 4th is a potential trap game coming off the emotional Texas game and the Iowa State game that you talk about where they're going to have that one circled? And that trip is uh, November 4th is in Morgantown, the second leg of a double road trip. Yeah, we're all available for that date. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> Thanks, for personal, Yeah, for personal and obvious reasons. Here's trap game I'm, for you. Yeah, trap no day. kidding. Here, here, here's what I'm going to say about that game. That's funny. Trap day. Trap life, right? Um, trap life. <laughs> is, Rush is I, getting married on that day. For yeah, of course. The everybody. old life yeah. meets the new life. Um, I, I don't think it is. And here's the reason I don't think BYU is going to be favored in that game. And I think most people are actually going to take West Virginia to win that game. That's going to be the longest stretch in big 12 travel from Morgantown, um, to Provo for back and forth. And, and I, I, when I think of trap game, I think of kind of that expected to win, or you say, I, I think We'll, we'll see how BYU gets up for that game, especially after being done with Texas. But I don't – like I think West Virginia is going to be favored and almost expected to win in that game. So that's why I don't see it as a trap game for West Virginia. I actually see that if you want to make it a second game of the year, I think it's more in line of game of the year where if they can get up in Morgantown and prove that you know our mountains are better type of thing, then, yeah. then it, it goes more in that favor. The Any, uh, uh, the BYU yet, the BYU Texas Tech game would also be the uh, BYU TT Bowl, the <laughs> Biut the Biut Bowl. <laughs> there you go. Be, it would be the Biut Bowl. So yeah, that that'll do it for the Cougs. And yeah, can't wait for the Biut Bowl between the Red Raiders and Cougars. We'll have it every step of the way. All right, Troy, back to you. Let's swing it back. Uh, one more pass to the Cincinnati Bearcats. What are we looking at here for game of the year? I think I know where you're going for this one. I'm, well, I think I'm Cincinnati. And you're uh, you UCF. Are. You forgot yeah. UCF. The alphabetical's below you, Ryan, in our thumbnail or in well, our no, background. I was told on YouTube that they are UCF. They are not Central Florida. They're out of it. So I put you at the bottom right in front of W. So I'm kind of right. Half, half credit for me. I was good about that. C's get degrees. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Rush, you're, you're Cincinnati and Troy's Houston, but, uh, back to you, Rush. Yep. No, no problem at all there. So, so I guess we know now for RF alphabetical, we're, we're counting the U with central Florida. We're not, we're, we're the very, deciding very with golden the, Knights. the very, very golden Knights. Okay. Shiny, yeah. shiny golden Knights. Okay. Yes. So for, for Cincinnati, um, right now I have their trap game, uh, being that Saturday, October 14th game. Um, against Iowa State. Um, they're going to be coming off uh, BYU being at Provo. They'll even have a bye week before this too. But there's just, I think they're going to be looking ahead. I think they're going to be in kind of this toxic, just figuring things out. And and because of kind of how close, because the Big 12 is getting more and more spread out with them being kind of close regionally. I think that'll be a big try to be a turnaround game for them, um, especially then Baylor's 
next. And I think they're going to kind of be looking already ahead to Baylor and they're going to forget that, oh, we got to play Iowa State first in Cincinnati. Um, the game of the year, actually, for them is this one is I have uh, in West Virginia. Uh, this is going to be kind of that new reg- regional rivalry. They're here in Morgantown, November 18th. Um, and and I think, you know, especially both teams being in the Big 12, regionally wanting to get recruits, uh, it, it's whoever kind of comes out of that is going to have the upper hand and, and a lot of other regional things. So that's who I'm choosing game of the year for Cincinnati. Uh, looking at them, I, I kind of like games of the year or, yeah, consecutive uh, weeks at the end where they go to uh, Houston and West Virginia because I think we all agree they'll be around that four-win mark. And there's a scenario where they're probably – they might need both to get bowl eligible for Satterfield's first year. So, yeah, I like looking at looking ahead towards that uh, Saturday right before Thanksgiving. Troy, what do you think of these Bearcats? I was going to say, I know Ryan's hoping that the game of the year is actually here in uh, September 23rd. If they could somehow, somehow in their home opener, pull off something against Oklahoma, that wouldn't matter what Scott Satterfield did for the rest of the whole damn year. <laughs> well, no, that's that's, when I turned it to you, that's what I was looking at because I do think that that's going to be an interesting game because Oklahoma has such the, the cupcake non-conference schedule where they will not have been tested before then. And then they got to go to Cincinnati to start big 12 play and Oklahoma's dropped that September random game in past yeah, years. They've, so. they've been known to struggle that, that one of those early tests in September, even if they don't lose, they've always, you know, let teams hang around that mm-hmm. later on in that year, when we look back, we realize, Oh, maybe Oklahoma was overrated and that team wasn't just hanging around. They're just not as good as we thought they were. Couldn't agree more. Um, let's go. But actually, before we go over to Dana Holgerson's Houston Cougars, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And the NFL season is right around the corner. And Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. And it is available in tons of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win their daily MLB contest. And, of course, make sure you get in the Best Ball Mania, where first place goes for $1 million dollars. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for 100% deposit up to $100. That's the underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. And we're back on the college basketball, or not college basketball, the Big 12 college experience. Go check out the college basketball experience because the Houston Cougars are pretty good on the hardwood. Not so much on the football headed into this year, expectations-wise. Troy, take it away on those H-Town Cougars. So for Houston, uh, when it comes to their trap games, they're the team that's going to be doing the trapping, not really getting (laughs) trapped. So a lot of their trap game possibilities are like, I don't know, TCU right off the bat being the home opener for them in the Big 12. Like They might have a chance in that one, although I don't really see it. But maybe later on in the season, they get to play back-to-back home games against both Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. And maybe by that time, Dana has figured something out on offense. The only real game I see them going on the road and having a chance in is actually against Baylor. I know I've been hyping up the Baylor team, but losing so many secondary players and Dana Holgerson just understanding how to design downfield passing there's a chance that maybe something sticks in that game. I Yeah. And I was going to say too, it's Houston. Like 
you would say probably West Virginia would be the trap game with Texas on deck, but it's not a trap game because Dana is not going to look ahead of an opportunity to stick it up West Virginia's ass after it's the way it ended a, in Morgan. It's almost That's, a trap game for West Virginia. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, it, it it turns into a game of the year for Dana, followed by a game of the year for the program, finally getting to play Texas and playing Texas alone at home in Houston. Russ, what do you think here with uh, these Cougs? It, it's the other Cougs, and and I know most of the teams are in in the lesser Cougs, right? I know most yeah. of the teams are in Texas, obviously in the Big Twelve, but it's amazing. I mean. I, I know we're doing non-conference, but obviously this was scheduled a while ago with TCU, them playing them third um, and not having their whole non and already going to TCU. Um, and then you have Sam Houston, right? I mean, their first five games are are all in the state of Texas. So you could Beautiful. see, a, yeah, it, it, it's the way it probably should be. So you could see a lot of, um, I think, interesting um, things going on there. I'll tell you what, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to this uh probably later when West Virginia comes up, we'll get to it at the end, but I'm, I'm really glad that the Dana bowl is a Thursday night game. That is a perfect game for Thursday night, the Dana bowl. Well, and, and, and guys, I was doing some schedule diving this weekend while you were driving rush. I was looking at games and I think I whispered over to you. I said, dude, we got, we got Tuesday, Wednesday night games starting in October this year. Conference USA and the Sun Belt are playing on Tuesday and Wednesday before they hand it off to the MAC um, come November, like on a, on a yearly basis. But on top of it, the Big 12 is playing more Thursday and Friday night games than they ever have in the past that I can remember. And they're only going to go more and more in the future based off of uh, Brett Yormark's comments in the future. So, yeah, man, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for a lot more Thursday night standalone games to grow your brand of the league. And speaking of a team that's grown their brand over the years with Matt Campbell as coach, got the Cyclones, and I am sure this one is you, Rush. It is me. <laughs> so I've already kind of hinted at this earlier in this episode. Uh, the trap game I do have for Iowa State is that BYU game in Provo. I, I've predicted it all season long. I think they're just going to get killed that game. I think that late in the season – elevation i they're gonna want to kill texas the next week the last time texas is in names um I, I i think that's where iowa state gets just trapped and killed because the week before they play byu they play kansas and right now i think because of kansas and their ascend iowa state doesn't want to lose any of that because it was always kind of them two on the bottom and iowa state would have a little bit of leverage but now you got kansas i could see those two coming at it and then you know, they play BYU, big letdown, and then go and beat Texas in Ames. And then, of course, shocker game of the year is when Texas comes to Ames. It's that that place is going to be electric, and that game better be that 7.30 ABC game because it should be. that. That's going to be an incredible game. And it's senior night for, for the yes. Cyclones. So, I mean, that like you said, that place is going to be in rare form. Last true road game for the Longhorns in the Big 12. Uh, Troy... Big 12 guru, what do you think of uh, the Cyclone schedule in 2023? I'm uh, I'm kind of scared for Oklahoma here on the 30th of September, even though it's at at Norman. I think Iowa State, if anything's clicking, then that game could probably be uh, like they could be doing the trapping in that one. Yeah, no, I I, I think we 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 teased that when we talked about um, 
Iowa State and, and Oklahoma in our previews. Um, and, and we'll dive more into all these team schedules from week one all the way to week 15 um, over the next month. But I got a team here. I'm finally on the clock, by the way, guys. I got the – because we uh, I moved UCF down because they are the UCF very Golden Knights. Um, Kansas Jayhawks. And this one was easy for me for their game of the year. They have not beaten their rival since 2008. They got them coming to Lawrence this year. Um, and honestly, they really haven't been that close in years past. They've been getting drilled in the Sunflower Showdown. Um, I think that the game of the year for them is K-State because I got a feeling they might be around five or six wins. So if they're at five, it's a chance on senior day. Could be Jalen Daniels' last game in Lawrence. I don't know his plans after the season. Um, whether he goes to the next level or not. But it's a chance for Kansas to potentially get bowl eligible against their arch rival and finally end that uh, 15-year drought. And that sets up the the trap game. If they do somehow become bowl eligible at Cincinnati in a sleepy spot week, uh, the week of our weekend of November the 25th, I, I think that that would be the trap game if they're able to get Cincinnati. Because I, I do agree with um, – Troy, like Kansas, yes, in their own way, they're going from the hunter to the hunted, but they're still not a bullseye game for anybody on their schedule. So I think at Cincinnati would probably be the game where they potentially could be like a field goal favorite on the road, coming off an emotional win potentially. So that would be my trap game. Uh, Troy, what do you think here of the Jayhawks? I um I have a different game in mind, but since I'll be going over that team later on, I'll go ahead and hold on to that. But um, I'm interested to see what goes on when they play at home and BYU comes to town in the first week of league play. I I mean, right now it's all hype. It's all you know. We have the best quarterback in the league. It's we looked real good last year. Uh, I want it to be true. I want to see Kansas seed, but uh, I just very first game of the year. I maybe they can beat BYU right off the bat and get a little bit of Heisman hype going. I think that game, Troy. I think you said it all, and then obviously with having Texas right after that, um, I predicted it to be BYU's first Big Twelve win um, at Kansas. Because don't forget it, their non-conference schedule that we covered last week, Week Two, Illinois. That's 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 going to be a game right there. And Hell then. Of a game. At, and then at Nevada, ten thirty. Yeah, it, it, that I, was I the said last game week. in terms of the whole schedule. But yeah, yes. no, I'm, I'm, but I'm hearing you. All I'm saying is, is you get in a grinder with Illinois. You play some weird game against Nevada. You come home, and okay, we're home now. BYU, but we got Texas next week. I, I, I agree with BYU giving Kansas some trouble in Lawrence. Well, and. Another one I was thinking about giving out just because they almost won. They almost beat Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley two years ago in Lawrence. When they when when Oklahoma comes to Kansas for the final time on October 28th, that could be like a co-game of the year for the Jayhawks because they should have – Troy, you remember that. They should have beat Oklahoma with Caleb Williams. They led for a majority of that game, and that was year one of Lance Leipold. Now we're in year three of Lance Leipold. I don't – I don't think they're going to let too many people down. I mean, obviously they got derailed by a really, really important person getting injured, but it we'll see how that BYU game goes. Even if they don't yeah. win and they keep it close and they hang around after, you know, grinding out maybe one or two non-con wins right before that, they might show something. 
No, I'm I'm with you 100%. Uh, let's move over to the rival. I mentioned it. I thought Sunflower Showdown was the uh, game of the year for the K-State or for the Jayhawks um, because they have not beaten these Wildcats in the last 15 years. K-State coming off the Big 12 uh, championship. Game of the year, this one was the easiest one for me. November 4th, they've lost six in a row to these guys after kind of owning the series. That's when they go to Austin for the final time. I think that they're going to go into Austin and hit them right in the mouth and run the ball right down their throat. So that's the game of the year. In terms of trap game, uh, for K-State, for K- I, I went back and forth on this one. I'm going to go to the Big 12 opener, and it's they got UCF coming to them, but it's a sandwich spot in terms of you got at Oklahoma State on the back end, and you're coming off an old rivalry the game before at Missouri. That was kind of my sneaky because – K-State did drop an early home game last year when they had a Missouri and Oklahoma sandwich spot when they lost to Tulane in Manhattan. So I'll go UCF, the Big 12 opener on September 23rd as a potential look-ahead spot for K-State. Troy, am I crazy there? I think you're off by a week. I think the the UCF game doesn't get overlooked, but going to uh, Stillwater is going to be their personal trap game. Uh, I don't know, just – I feel like Oklahoma state has a pretty good chance to compete with everybody. And, you know, you can stay in a game with Kansas state easier than you can with some of these other, we're going to throw the ball 55 time offenses. Mm -hmm. I actually think that you can have two things be true. I think you can have um, Kansas, Kansas's game of the year, be Kansas state. And I think you can have Kansas's trap game, be Kansas. Because what I'm looking I'm at, that too, yeah, yeah, that that's kind of how I'm feeling there. Because end of what do you have? Farmageddon. That's the game of the year every year for uh, Kansas State and and Iowa State. Obviously, that that rivalry. And it's like we talked about in the beginning. For almost every one of these schools that goes against Oklahoma and Texas, they will bring their best, or at least try to bring their best. And something tells me with that Iowa State game, it could be Iowa State could be playing upset in a way that if Kansas wins that, they go to the Big Twelve championship. Especially if they drop it against Kansas. And it could be something, maybe even Iowa State is, they're trying to play beyond spoiler that if they win and some other team in the Big 12 loses, then they could be through tiebreakers in the Big 12 themselves or something come from that as well. So I'm looking at the last two weeks for for Kansas State. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting. Just, I mean, with the way that this league is so competitive and we may, we're going to have trap games on here that we don't even see oh, yeah. until we get there because of the zig and zagging that will go with the Big 12 standings. Last year was just such a shit show, and I think that we're all anticipating the same thing where we're going to have a team that probably has three losses going into December that still has a chance to win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. All right, Troy, here you go. You got Boomer Sooner headed into their final year in the Big 12 I guess they, they got plenty of trap games because they're going to get everybody's best shot. Where are you going for the game of the year? Is it the is it the rematch of getting embarrassed last year at the Cotton Bowl? I um I was thinking that that one. I mean, it's got a chance to be game of the year, and I know it's it's the one that their eyes are on in in the whole. When you look at the whole schedule, that's got to be the one that they're looking at the most. But because of that, I have those the Cincinnati and the Iowa State games leading up to that i couldn't really pick which one i think is going to be the major trap game as of right now i think iowa state has a better chance of winning but i 
again, for some reason, going on the road to Nippert, even though Cincinnati's not all that hyped up, Satterfield getting his first Big 12 home game, that one just seems like uh, it just stinks. Like there's something about it that just screams trap. But yeah. the uh, the game of the year, I'm obviously going with Bedlam uh, for both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It's each one's – it's going to be their game of the year. And it, actually, it might be the game of the decade or so. This might be the last one that you get in there. So you definitely don't want – if you're Oklahoma, you definitely don't want little brother winning that last matchup before Gundy's mullet says – don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. So Troy, let me ask you this with, with Bedlam being the game. Cause I, I, I agree in terms of you, you could pick Texas, but they're going to keep playing each other in the sec at the same venue, but we don't know when we're going to get Bedlam, unfortunately, again, not as long as our guy Gundy's there is the game after Bedlam against the Mountaineers who they lost to last year, a trap game. It's definitely in a letdown spot. And, yeah. um, it's just how how many times do you know off the top of your head how many times West Virginia has gone to Norman and won a football game? Just one, uh, once when, when Don was Nealon the, was coaching. That was right, Don. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about like in modern Big Twelve era, not since then, the Big Twelve. Yeah, Don and Nealon. like that that uh, Jeff Hostetler. Uh, what was it that the Fiesta Bowl that uh, the post yeah, Rich Rod? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pat, uh, with Bill Stewart. The game. Yeah, the game after when. Uh, Rich Rod went to Michigan and they just killed Oklahoma with Owen Schmidt. <laughs> they've got a chance there, but I just see them. They they always kind of come up short against Oklahoma. Yeah, like two years ago in Norman on the primetime game, and that was a look ahead for Oklahoma because they had Texas on deck. So maybe a similar situation here. How about you, Rush? I agree that with Bedlam um, potentially going away for a while, that of course that's going to be the game, and then. Texas and Oklahoma will they'll, they'll play each other every year. They'll that'll probably now be the last weekend of the year, which I think it should be rivalry weekend. Um, yeah, and I with West Virginia, um, I, yeah, I think West Virginia is kind of that that letdown spot, especially if they. But I, I'm going back. I think they're going to get crushed in Provo. Maybe not crushed, but I, I think BYU is going to they BYU because this is their only shot in Big Twelve play to beat Oklahoma, and I know it's two and zero, but. They get up for Oklahoma, so I, I think, I, I think that is their trap game. Just, just really interested to see with Oklahoma, Troy, um, how that non-conference that that like we keep joking about the cupcake non-con schedule. It's by far the worst out of the fourteen teams. And last year, I know they played Nebraska, but we didn't realize how bad Nebraska was at the time when they played them. So we'll, we'll see because they're not going to get tested. Uh, let's flip it over to the other side of Bedlam. You already gave out the game of the year, and that, that was the easiest. I, I, honestly, out of all 14 teams, that was the easiest game of the year to pick up for Oklahoma State, getting Oklahoma coming to Stillwater. Yeah, it was – even if Texas is Oklahoma's game of the year, Oklahoma is always going to be Oklahoma State's game of the year, and especially with everything that's on the line this year. I mean, if they – this is worth 10 wins in the series if they can get this last one. Mm-hmm. And – I mean, they're going to be playing like that uh, for their trap game. I actually have when Oklahoma State on the 21st of mm-hmm. uh, October goes to Morgantown right after they play back to back homes, uh, Kansas State and Kansas, two pretty tough teams. We're thinking, I mean, obviously, Kansas State coming off of a, a Big 12 championship last year, but those pretty big games at home and then having to go to West Virginia. I see that as a pretty big trap spot. 
Um, they also have to go to the bounce house right after playing Oklahoma yeah. and Bedlam. And that one is going to be tough to win. They might get routed in that game. That could that, be a they could beat Oklahoma and then lose to UCF by three touchdowns. Yeah, Gundy Gundy's gonna bring his OAN shirt down to the bounce house. Well, get he'll get tripped. welcomed in with open arms. And- <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah, there I I agree, man. That I was I saw that. I was like, Oh, that's the last place you want to go after playing Oklahoma in the final bedlam. Right after all that. Yeah. Hey, interesting note on your trap game with West Virginia. That's a four out of five at home stretch where they go, like you said, K-State and Kansas on the front end, followed by Cincinnati and Oklahoma on the back end. So one game, Sam, man, Gundy got a great schedule here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is he, by far the best schedule. Rush, what are you looking at with this schedule? I, I think the West Virginia UCF just flip a coin. I actually think they'll probably lose both of those games. I'm feeling very confident about the Mountaineers uh, against Oklahoma State because obviously West Virginia – there's any chance they go at least six and six and become bowl eligible, they'll, they'll have to win that game. And I, I could see that game meaning more to West Virginia. And especially if it's in a, like a sandwich sandwich spot where you have two home, one away, two home. Yeah. I, I, I could see but Morgantown's a tough place to play. We've seen it. Bad things happen. Even though Oklahoma state's probably the one team that's done the best here consistently, but I, I, I like it. I, I like that being the trap game. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think Gundy, Gundy's won. I think Gundy's only lost twice in Morgantown. I remember when he brought a top 10 team in there on a noon game and we beat them. That was back, I think, in 2014. So that that's the one that really comes to mind. But he's had success there. And, I mean, he's had success against him in Stillwater, too, outside of last year. So, yeah, interesting game. Uh, all right, here we go. Rush, the defending runner-up, uh, TCU Horn Frogs. What do we got here now that they got a little bit of a target on their back this year? So th- this this was really interesting because I think one part of their schedule really stands out and says trap, but I don't think it's their trap because you have to look at the um, the, the date range. Is um, I was looking at it from, let's see here. So I think their game of the year is going to be, te- I'll start with that, the game of the year against Texas. Like, you know, what we're saying with most people. Easy. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's just you no need to explain that further. And I actually think their trap game is going to be Iowa State because they come to West Virginia, then they go at Iowa State and Ames, and then they go to Provo. That's that's a crazy stretch, and especially when I've talked about it, you've seen last year TCU win all these one-possession games, and then Iowa State lose all those one-possession games, and you sometimes the following year see them switch. A lot of people, though, are going to have – um, I, I think kind of that, that Kansas state, Texas tech, uh, and then, and then obviously the game of the year, Texas. But the, the thing is, is after BYU, yes, they're, they go to Manhattan and then they have a Thursday night game against Texas tech and then go to te- like between, uh, Kansas state and Texas, you have a bye week and then one's Thursday. So then you have extra time per- to prepare for Texas, so looking at the schedule, if you weren't to look on dates and kind of look at it week by week, then I'd probably lean more towards that Texas Tech game because of Texas on the back end. But I actually think the sandwich spot between Morgantown and Provo is going to be their trap game, and especially with it being at Ames. I was looking right at the – I like the Iowa State spot, but I thought that Texas Tech spot was was brutal. On a Thursday night in West Texas, because th- those two teams don't like each other, and we know that from the gambling gauchos. 
They can't stand TCU. They, and it's the rematch of the Big 12 uh, championship with K-State the week before, followed by the final time Texas will come to uh, Fort Worth. Yeah, they might be walking into a buzzsaw on Thursday, November 2nd in West Texas. The, and the only reason I say that's not – but you're you're absolutely right. That could be too. And I guess this kind of goes uh, – we make the joke contradiction because I kind of was Cincinnati. I know I chose their trap as coming off a of bye week too. And I kind of meant it more as – you said it perfectly, Troy, with Houston, that they're probably going to be the trappers, not really getting themselves in too many trap games. But in this instance, I do agree with you, Ryan, but just having a bye, then it being a Thursday game, is they'll have a lot of time to prepare for that game and heal up and get stuff. So that's why I chose the the Iowa State, kind of that surprise trap game. But hey, both could be true. Absolutely. No, no doubt. How about you, Troy? What do you think of these uh, horn Frogs? Between... Between Tech and Baylor, the way that they're sandwiched in between K-State, Texas, and then going to Oklahoma to cut out the year. It's a brutal I, end. I see Kansas State going – or I see TCU going 0-5 here to finish their year. I don't think they can beat Kansas State or Texas Tech on the road. I don't think they're going to beat Texas at home. And just because of that Texas at home, I mean, Baylor-TCU is a huge rivalry too. Uh, having to go to McLean uh, – they might lose all five of these games at the end of their schedule. Mm -hmm. I was, I was going to say like, they better, they better pad their win total early in the year, but you know, we, they did that last year and then they ran through the gauntlet, but they kept winning on all those field goals. Does it flip here this year? And they lose all these tight games against good teams. Uh, we could skip over this thing. Just kidding. Um, Horns down. What we got here, Troy? Uh, there, every game's a trap game. Yeah, exactly. We know we don't know when Sarkeesian's going to go on a bender. So I actually kind of went off the script here. Uh, well, the the trap game is right on script. The trap game for Texas is and always will continue to be. I guess the reason why they left the league is because they can't beat the fucking Kansas Jayhawks. They uh, <laughs> September thirtieth, even playing at home. Kansas has a chance to trap them right there. Yeah, and uh, man, that would be fucking hilarious. I would love to see Kansas beat them again, but I have the game of the year for them is home against Texas tech. The very last league game of the year in Texas's big 12 uh, finale. Yeah. Their, their, their franchise finale in the league. I um, just because it's the very last game on the schedule. I think that one will just be a back and forther. Yeah, because, I, I mean, as much as we hate Texas, I would imagine Texas will somehow be in the race, whether they control their own destiny or need something. That being on a Friday night after uh, Thanksgiving, that's when it, we used to get Texas, Texas A&M every year. Hopefully we start getting that again, even though they're going to the SEC. Rush, what are you looking at with the Longhorns other than every game's a trap game because they can't help themselves and we know they're going to uh, puke on themselves? Uh, like brought up earlier that at Ames end of the season, that's going to, that's going to be brutal. I like what you said with Kansas and Oklahoma coming next week. And Hey, I mean, I, I know we, we keep going on the theme that everyone's going to have something to prove against Texas and Oklahoma, but also, you know, put, put BYU in there as well. They're, they're going to, they, it's personal for them. Another, Hey, we're only in this conference with them for one more year. Let's beat them. This is our former quarterback. This is, you know, BYU has a history of beating Texas. They, if you look back, they they do well against them. So throw BYU in there. BYU in there as well. I, th I think everybody has a history recently of beating Texas. <laughs> I feel like everybody's had their shot. Texas has K the history of beating Texas. 
Yeah, I'm there. That's the best way to exactly. say it. Exactly. No, I, I like that angle too, Rush. All right, a team that's getting a lot of fucking love and hype, and that's the Texas Tech Red Raiders. First thing that's uh, popped my eye, they don't have any consecutive home games or consecutive road games. A true alternate road, home, road, home, etc. Game of the year, it's the same as the Texas Longhorns. It's the Red Raiders. We know how much they hate Texas. I know it's in Austin, but that's definitely their game of the year. That's all they've been talking about is potentially having a shot to win the league in Austin. They're currently at a 14-point dog, so go ahead and grab that because Texas is not going to beat them by more than two fucking touchdowns. Um, trap game, I think it's another sleepy spot going to Provo here on Saturday, October the 21st, sandwiched in with two home games against the two teams that played in Dallas last year with the K-State and TCU guys. We know what the TCU game means to Texas Tech. It's a rivalry and K-State. Texas Tech always gets up for that, so you you sandwich in a trip to Provo in between that. That's my uh, trap game for the Red Raiders. Rush, what are your thoughts on the Red Raiders? I think their game of the year, the end of the season again at Texas, obviously you, you hit it right on, but I'm actually um, – looking at that that week before for their trap game that they'll be so into yep. beating uh yeah and, and really good for them that they are home that game i'm actually going to be curious to see how they do you know if they stay healthy how they do with the every other week format you know it's interesting true, it is it is and and i guess in a perfect world um every team would be like that but obviously you can't have that uh but I, for them that that's good that that game is home um, but there could be a lot of look ahead that time of year. Yeah, it's it's funny. We were just talking about TCU possibly going 0-5 at the end of their schedule, and then I look at Texas Tech's schedule, and the TCU game kind of stands out as, man, they could probably slip up in this one. Just, I mean, even though it's at home, if they were to go to Provo and get beat, they could be down on themselves pretty pretty tough after going, you know, say they do lose that game to Baylor and lose to Kansas state and lose to BYU. And they're the ones that are skidding. It could, it could work the opposite way. So I don't know. Some of these, most of the games of the year are probably going to be the first two league games of the year where we actually figure out who's here to play and who's not. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Just too much to find out right now. And Texas tech with all the expectations, they got a little bit of a target on their back all of a sudden with all the, articles and and propaganda that's been thrown their way hey and they got a talented team coming back and they finished the season strong so we'll see how they handle that uh target on their back and we got next up the ucf guys we don't know where to put them in the alphabetical order we had them at c a couple weeks ago but the audience they are are the followers of the big 12 college experience they they want their very golden knights at the bottom as ucf Game of the year, I actually thought this one was pretty easy for me because I remember when West Virginia joined the Big 12, how juice that stadium was for the home opener. And I'm going the home opener, Big 12 opener against Baylor on September the 30th for their game of the year. I think the bounce house is going to be going absolutely bonkers for their first Power 5 game in the state of Florida down there in Orlando. That's my game of the year, and that sets up my trap game I, I didn't I kind of struggled to find an exact trap game, but I'm gonna go Kansas just because it's coming off the Big 12 opener, and then you got to go to Norman the next week. Maybe a little bit of a look ahead. It's it's kind of a sleepy crowd there in Lawrence, so that's what I'll go for UCF. But I don't think there's really a true trap game here. 
I looked at Cincinnati too, but I, I don't really see one. How about you, Troy? If for some reason UCF has a better season than they're predicted to have and they have a couple more wins, mm-hmm. maybe that last Houston game could be a real, like, we yeah. know this team stinks. We don't really care about this game. A, a true trap. I, again, I don't know if it ends up being a loss, but it might end up being a much tougher game than expected just as a completely overlook. Or, you know, maybe they're even first or second in the league, regardless of the last week. And they're already thinking about a Big 12 championship or something like that. And they just completely overlook Dana's boys. Yeah, or potentially an interim. Yeah. No, I, I think that's not a bad spot. It they're they're not going to be heavily favored against anybody. I mean, they may be favored by like a field goal or something, but yeah, maybe Houston in on Thanksgiving weekend could potentially be their look ahead spot. How about you, Rush? I, I was about to say is I I think when they go to about Cincinnati, I I think that could be kind of what we talked about with the trip. I think UCF is in a similar position of kind of that Cincinnati where it's like, they're going to play more of that trapper role. And we don't have a, we don't know what to expect of UCF going into this year. So I I think with kind of being in Morgantown, excuse me, with West Virginia going to UCF, they're going to, they're going to get up for that game and they're, they're going to want to beat some big 12 opponents, especially with Oklahoma state towards the end of the year. And who knows, you know, we talked about Oklahoma state might be in a good area by then, but in Cincinnati, they could be like, by then, I think Cincinnati's going to be pretty down. They'll be like, oh, we'll go in there, beat these guys, get ready for Oklahoma State. Um, and then that's where they get in trouble because a lot of these teams, even the teams that are the four new to join, are going to kind of look at the other four or, well, I guess other three and say, hey, we need to, you know, we need to win this game. But if they kind of assume they're going to win this game, like UCF could do in a situation, they could get themselves in trouble. You know, coming off of such a big, like you would think, at the bounce house, West Virginia, you were saying it's going to be all rowdy and all that. If Cincinnati is kind of out of it by the time November rolls around, that home crowd could be, it could be the reverse. Uh, like the home field sleepy advantage spot. could come from them being no energy, real sleepy. UCF just came off of a big game at home where everyone's bumping yeah. bath salts in the, in the stands and all that stuff. And then they go to Cincinnati and it's just dudes farting skyline chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> that's good yeah no maybe they are um let's move it let's move along to the final team and the best team in the league the west virginia Absolutely. mountaineers uh game of the year is easy here it's it's pit but this is the conference slate rush take us to the game of the year for the mountaineers in big 12 play so my guess is a lot of people are actually going to have Texas Tech as being the trap, especially if you come off a pit and that big letdown spot. I, I don't think so, actually. I actually think that game's going to be UCF because I think there's going to be huge expectations for us to be Oklahoma State the week before. And then we have BYU. Um, I think people will be like, oh, we'll do this kind of three in a row type of thing. I, I see that game as being like, how the fuck did we lose to UCF? Like that, that's just the feeling I get from that game. That that's how, as a fan, I'm going to feel like that after that game. So maybe a little more emotional. Um, but I think the game of the year, um, a second place game of the year is going to be that Oklahoma state game. I think it's going to be good, but I think the game of the year is the Dana bowl in Houston. We're going to want to beat our old coach say, especially Neil Brown saying I was right to pick this job. So that's who I have is, is Houston. The, the Bulgerson. Yeah. <laughs> 
the the bulger said. Uh, my game of the year is actually the week after Pitt, and I'm going Texas Tech for the home uh, Big Twelve home opener, and the reason why is because every time we've played Texas Tech under Neil Brown, we've come off an emotional game in 2022. Uh, we were coming off the Baylor Thursday night game. We go out to wake or uh, we go out to Lubbock and get drilled. Two years ago, we almost beat Oklahoma and Norman in prime time. Come back, lose a tough uh, home game to Texas Tech, and then you go all the way back to 2019. Uh, Baylor's ranked in the top ten, almost beat them in Waco. Come back and um, and get absolutely drilled at home. So under Neil Brown, for some reason, we have Texas Tech has had their number. For West Virginia to make a bowl and to have the success under Neil Brown this year, I think they need to beat Pitt and Texas Tech. So that's my pivotal game of the year for the Mountaineers. I um just looking at the end of the schedule, seeing at Oklahoma and at Baylor with Cincinnati in between the two screams, screams. Neil Brown fucks it up. Uh <laughs> I know. I mean, that Oklahoma game, obviously, with them leaving the league is going to matter a lot. And the the Baylor-West Virginia rivalry has kind of built into, you know, a yearly good game, no matter how good either team has been. It's always a good game. And just seeing that that Cincinnati game being in between the two is like a a big red flag. I think that Baylor – sorry. I think that Baylor game is always a good game when it's in Morgantown. When we go to Waco, it's, it's a little lopsided. Sometimes it's a good game or sometimes it, but it usually feels a little lopsided. There's been a lot of lopsided games over the last couple of years for the Mountaineers. So uh, that'll conclude it for the games of the year and trap games in our first series of power rankings, games of the year, going through scheduling. Now from here on for the next couple of weeks, we will do our team previews, all 14 individual team previews, and we'll kick it off with the West Virginia Mountaineers next up. So make sure you're subscribed to the college, Big 12 College Experience. Follow us on Twitter at TCE as well. But before we get out of here, Rush, tell everybody where to find you. At Rambling Rush, Twitter, Instagram, at Ryan and Rush Show, our West Virginia sports cast, sports podcast with uh, Moneyline Mac. You can, you can find us there as well. Go Ears, absolutely. And shout out to the chat. Shout out to TJ. Go Ears. Let's go. Let's drink some beers. And Troy, tell everybody where to find you. You can find me on Twitter at Troy Tuning and um, I guess my Instagram, what is it? Troy Drinks Miller. That's yeah. not a uh, that that's not a new name from the Bud Light issues. That is a long standing <laughs> over m- more than a decade and a half, pre twenty one years old. That was always drinking Miller. So well, we know Mike Gundy doesn't drink Bud Light. He's he's drinking some Millers with you there, Troy. Uh, you guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac. Appreciate all the support over the first couple of weeks. Looking forward to getting into team previews. And before we know, we'll be picking some games and winners. We will see you on Wednesday. And don't forget to let it ride. <laughs>